Oh, Father God, I thank you for that you are good. I thank you that it's only because of your goodness that I am here. I pray, God, that I don't make this talk about me, but that you alone get the glory and all of the praise. We love you, Lord. Speak now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when I say I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, honey, I was glad. When I came on Wednesday uh, to drop off Bella for CTF, um, it was like, I'm, there's no place like home. I could be like Dorothy, clicking my heels. There's no place like home. I was so glad to be back. Two weeks is a long time. To, two Sundays is a long time to miss. And, and even the teens up here were giving me the business this morning. Like, where you been? Like, what's going on? You know? And I'm like, okay, calm down. Respect your elders is what I say. Respect your elders. <laughs> Um, but it was, uh, it's really sweet, really sweet to be here. Um, so my family went on vacation, um, with two other families, one of which we didn't know. So, um, as you can imagine, imagine the trip was pretty interesting. Um, 15 people in one house is a lot. Um, especially when there's kids. Going up and down the stairs, three floors of stairs, up and down the stairs, and it's wood floors, so you hear everything. Um, and who knew that parenting is still required <laughs> on vacation? So, you know, the vacation was both in. It was both hard and it's at times stressful because there was like no room. There was no room at the end. There was no, there was no room for me to be alone in my own thoughts. When I went to the bedroom, one was there. <laughs> when I went to the kitchen, it was somebody else there. When I went, I mean every, everywhere. But the good was that I got to see the goodness of God. I got to see um, my family um, who has been on the brink of divorce. My cousin and her family have been on the brink of divorce twice during their marriage. And recently they reconciled and moved up here and started again. And I got to see them frolicking on the beach together. Do people say frolicking? We're frolicking <laughs> on the beach. Um, you know, just in their, just in their, you know, peace. They were just reconciled to be together, recommitted to be together. And it was really sweet to see that, you know. We got to meet um, my cousin's husband's family that lives in Philadelphia, they, they drove down to be with us. Um, and so we got to meet them, we got to learn more about him, him and his family and dynamics and all the things, so that was really sweet. Um, we got to do a sunrise um, uh, session on the beach, just me, Juan, and Bella. Leia, you know, Leia was being a sinner and she's just laid and slept, 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 slept. She just slept, you know, who, who does that? <laughs> but we got up at 5.30 and went and sat on the beach um, in the coolness of the day. It was so sweet. Um, and I got at one point to sit in the water in a chair on the beach and be still, like still my thoughts and just remember how small I am in this great big story that's God's. So it was really, really sweet. 
And one and I were talking, and I was like, man, do you remember? Like, we didn't have, like, two nickels. You know how people say, you know what? I didn't even have two nickels to rub together. Like, we were so, like, strapped for cash. So, like... Like, money was like, man, everything was about money. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough money. And just the idea to see, or just the realization to see how far we've come, that we get to get to be in a house with 15 people. We get to, you know, have this experience as a family. It's just really sweet. So today I'm going to talk about intentional living um, or living life on purpose or living intentionally, you know, however you want to think about it. So the definition of intentional is something that's done on purpose, it's deliberate. I mean, it's just, it's, it's about being purposeful in your actions, your thoughts, and in your behavior. It means being conscious, making conscious choices and taking actions that align with who you are who you are now, and who you are becoming. But most of all, living on purpose or living intentionally for me requires a life that is fully submitted to God. If I'm completely honest, I didn't hear of this concept of intentionality until I was an adult. I grew, I grew up doing what was necessary, reacting to all things. And just mostly just trying to survive. No one spoke to me about doing things on purpose. So this discovery of intentionality has been hard, has been a hard learned lesson for me. And I am still learning. But I know for sure that my life began when I stopped reacting to to things that happened and began seeking the Lord with my whole heart. Scripture tells us that you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. When I found him, that is when I began to live. Before then, I was really purely self-driven. I was full of pride. I'm still working on that for the record. (laughs) Full of ambition. Living for, an, living for a title, a promotion, living for money, and what all that brings. Living to be known by the world as important as a somebody. They used to say, they used to say, Google me. Like when you're important, Google me. You know, Google my name. That would have been me. Pompous, arrogant, all about me. I would say Google me. Not really, but, you know, to give you something. I cared nothing for people unless it suited me and my agenda, my needs, the high-powered business woman. I get sad when I think about that girl today. So I won't think too long on that. But I'm thankful every single day for who I'm becoming and for finding a reason to live. So throughout scripture, there are examples of those who lived their life on purpose. So we're going to talk about a couple of those today. 
Most of you know the story of Daniel and the lion's den, but I'll recap it for you. If you haven't heard it in a while, Daniel was a man who lived his life in devotion to God. But the story goes that there was a plot against him in which some of the king's advisors um, convinced the king to issue a decree. A decree which is basically like a statement today, a public statement, a public announcement. This is what we're doing. And so this decree went to all of the people under his rule. The statement said that for 30 days, anyone who worshipped anyone other than the king, they will be thrown in the lion's den, which basically meant they were going to be sentenced to death. You can put the scripture up. Daniel 6. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of a living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? The king was surprised. I'm ad-libbing. The king was surprised. (laughs) Because Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in in all the earth. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. What a story. Because of Daniel's commitment to God, unwavering commitment to God, thousands of people were told to fear and have reverence to the living God. The king who was all about everyone worshiping him changed his mind. And he got the opportunity to know, learn about, hear about, see the goodness of the living God. Another well-known story was of King David. I know we've heard about King David, right? We know all about him, but sometimes I forget that this is the same David of the story of David and Goliath. Like the little boy 
who little shepherd boy that they found, you know, and he stepped up and he struck down Goliath, the one who was terrorizing all the people all over the land. And he took a stone in his slingshot and killed the giant. This is the same David that became king and is in the bloodline lineage of Jesus. This is the same David who wrote many psalms, like many psalms, majority of the psalms. Um, in his psalms, he's, he's expressing his deep love for God and his desire to follow him. David's life is chronicled throughout scripture. So you see David a lot throughout many chapters of, of the Bible. But my favorite um, stories about David come from the Psalms. Because in the Psalms, I can go when I'm in a place of joy and celebration and find words to express it in those pages. But I, I can also go to the Psalms when I'm in deep despair, pain, desperation. I can go to the Psalms of David for words that describe my soul's cry. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalms 23. My grandmother had um, this frame, the scripture framed in her home. And, you know, she's old school. She's 86. So, um, you know, she had one of those old school frames that was really thick and ornate, like kind of like what we used to have in the main walkway. That was really thick frames. Uh, and it was a really big, you know, so it was in glass and everything's like really like intricate. And it's like, don't touch it. You know, don't touch it. Look at it. This is like almost holy in the house. And since I grew up a, a, an only child, I would like be bored. Like I would be bored. I'd be walking around the house and walking around the house looking for something to do. And so I walk around this, the, uh, the picture or, you know, the frame and I would read the Psalms and I walk around and walk around. And I read the Psalms. I read them so much that it became I, I, I memorized it. In my boredom. <laughs> Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My, rub, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. David is known as a man after God's own heart. His faithfulness to God encourages me to keep going. Sometimes when I hear stories like Daniel's and David's and their faithfulness and the greatness that they are, I feel so small. Like, who am I? What can I do in comparison? 
to those to these men. But I'm reminded that living intentionally isn't just for spiritual giants like Daniel and David. It's for all of us. One of my new favorite things to do with the women I spend time with is to read a book or a study, a study with them. It opens up a world of different like opportunities for conversations and banter and laughter, deep thought, reflection, inspection, all the things. Um, when I want to read something that is not mentally taxing, right, because I read all day for work and I read, you know, study scripture. And I, sometimes I just be like, girl, I need a break. And one of my things that I love to read are autobiographies because I love people. I love to hear people's stories and um, what, they, what they've been able to overcome. Recently, Daria and I um, read the autobiography of Fanny Crosby. Um, and if you don't know Fanny, she was born in the 1800s and, and blind since infancy. But she never considered her blindness a hindrance. At the age of six, I don't know, at the age of eight, she wrote her first lines of poetry as follows. Oh, what a happy soul I am. Although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that others don't to weep and to sigh because I'm blind, I cannot, nor I won't. In the book, we read that her mother, who was widowed very shortly after Fanny's birth, um, was distraught about her blindness, and so she was running around trying to figure out how to fix her daughter. Um, but her grandmother, whom she and her mother lived with most of her during her early years, decided that her blindness was not going to hinder her, but instead she was going to flourish. So she taught Fanny to learn. She taught her to learn through memorization in the Bible, and she helped to embed the scripture in her soul. It was also her grandmother who helped her with the memorization that really just catapulted her to who she became. Fanny was recorded saying that her grandmother was everything to her. And she also said, it was my grandmother who brought the Bible to me and me to the Bible. Before her grandmother's death, she asked Fanny if she would join her in heaven. And Fanny could not answer the question. She could not answer the question, yes. Fanny went through her own crisis of faith, like so many of us, like me, asking the question for years after her grandmother died, am I going to be able to join her in heaven? Or in essence, do I believe? Do I believe in the God? Do I believe in this God that I write hymns about, that I know? Do I believe? So it took Fanny well into adulthood to answer that question. And once she did, Fanny became known as the queen of gospel writers and was the author of over 8,000 hymns 
which are largely still sung today. One of my favorite of those hymns is Blessed Assurance. A few, I'm not singing it, Leah. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess I will. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased by God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. All the day long, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Okay, Leah, you can't come to the sermons no more, okay? okay. <laughs> it was a decision of Fanny's grandmother that changed her life. Like Danny was talking about, it's easy to tell somebody about Jesus. In the entry of my home, we have what I like to call an ancestry wall. Um, And on it, we have pictures of our family, right? Those who have gone before us and those who are still alive and um, alive and kicking. Um, it's, It's new. It's newer to our home. So there are some things that are... Still, it's still a work in progress, right? Um, and the reason, and the biggest reason that you can tell it's the work in process, progress is because we don't have a picture of our grandchild on the wall. Some of you may know we became grandparents in um, February of this year. It's the first child of our youngest son. Um, and what I've come to know is that is being a grandparent is the sweetest joy. It hasn't been featured on yay time yet because up until his birth, we didn't know if we're going to be allowed to be a part of his life. The relationship of my son that was heading towards marriage fell apart very early in the pregnancy. And right up until February 28th, we didn't know if we were going to be alerted of his birth. We didn't know if they were going to give us permission to be uh, there. We didn't know if we were going to hear. We didn't know. And sometimes it feels like we still don't know. As you you can understand, this has been really hard. This past year has been really hard. hard because life is messy and many people are affected by the individual choices that we make hard because we're no longer parenting children these are adults and everything is out of our control 
hard hard because there's no way to know that things will work out the way I want them to. And if I'm honest, I haven't handled it well. I've had a lot of sleepless nights. I've had a lot of conversations saying, I don't wanna. I don't want, I don't want this to be my story. I don't want this to be this next chapter of my life. This is not how it's supposed to be. A lot of tears, alone and with others, a lot of the people in this room. Life is hard, y'all. Listen, life is hard. And if you don't know, you will find out. Life is hard. It's not if something's going to happen to you, it's when. And sometimes those things are choices of other people, and sometimes they're the consequences of our own. But living a life of intentionality requires stick with itness. Stick with itness. Remain, stay, persevere, keep going. Stick with it. It requires determination and grit. I like the word grit, like grit, like you know grits, you know, like rough. It's rough, it's hard, but if you like some grits, honey, it can be real satisfying if you like grits. I'm a runner. Not in real life. But I'm working on that part. I'm working on that part. I have a dream, okay? I have a dream that I'm going to stand up here one day, and I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to have a shirt on like, you know, this one, like this. And it'll say, I ran a 5K. I have a dream. I didn't say it was a hope or an expectation. I have a dream. <laughs> that one day, I'm going to come up here and I have a shirt. Um, who's with me? Anybody with me? Anybody else had a dream? Okay, I got it. Oh, we, we, we in it together. Okay. In my mind, I am a runner. When things get hard, honey, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get out the door. I'm trying to do something to stop me from going through the thing that is happening. I always want to fast forward through that part in the movie when you're like, oh, what's going to happen? Let's get to the end. Like, and everything's okay, and they survived. And if I'm reading a book, I'm like, okay, mm-mm. What happened? What happened? What's, you know, what's the end? Because all this I can't do, you know? <laughs> and I remember years ago, Julie, you may remember this. Uh, Julie and I were leading a small group in our home in Richard and Garland. Garland. And um, we were having a similar discussion about our hangups, the things we do, how do we deal with life, what's going on, yada, yada. And I remember, because it was at my house, going and getting my running shoes. You know, they call running shoes. I'm, again, I'm not a runner. They're called running shoes, right? And so I remember getting the running shoes and laying them down and saying, I'm no longer running. I'm not going to run to something to escape the thing that's going on in my life. I'm going to stick with Jesus. 
I'm going to remain in the, in the commitment that I made to follow him. I'm no longer running. I'm sticking with it. Romans says we can re- rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us endure. They help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence and hope. Of salvation. I talk a lot about my grandmothers. And I truly cannot help it. Like Fanny Crosby. They are everything to me. My mom's mom is like uh i would coin her as like the class clown like you don't know what's coming brace yourself you know but all love fun you know she's all fun you know i remember her telling me a story recently about her being in a in the uh being recovering from her knee surgery and she was in a rehabilitation center and how all the people wanted to be her helper because she was so much fun. And, you know, everywhere she goes, she's bringing the fun. She's bringing the happy. She's bringing the lightness. And then my dad's mom is the queen of hospitality. She genuinely lights up the room with love. If I'm honest, she light up the phone with love. You call her, you like, hey, girl. She's like, hey, like, if you down, she's like, hey, like, you woke up, hey, girl, you know? She is. I told her recently that her legacy of hospitality and her legacy of love will continue on with me. For the record, when something happens to one of them, I won't be okay. (sighs) One thing that my dad's mom, the hospitality queen, did for me early on within this year, because it's been a year that we learned that we're going to be grandparents. Um, She gave me a vision for the next chapter of my life. She basically told me that I could be for Silas, which is my grandson's name, what she has always been to me. Constant, never waving in her faith or her love for me and absolute joy. Psalms says, I would have despaired if I had not seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. The vision I have now for my life as a grandmother is all joy. Because I get to be the one to tell Silas about Jesus. I get to be the one to show him God's love, his faithfulness, and his goodness. 
I get to be the one to teach him Bible stories. Memorize scripture. I get to teach him to pray. And God willing, one day, and one day soon, Juan and I will get to be the ones to bring him to church so he can be a part of this community. So a little bit of yay time. Introducing Silas. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, be, care- be very careful never to forget what you have seen God doing for you. May his miracles have a deep and permanent effect upon your lives. Tell your, tell your children and your grandchildren about the glorious miracles he did. Amen. Amen. You know what you can always look forward to when I preach? is that you'll get out before 11.30. Amen. (laughs) But what I can't, but what I cannot do right now before, while I'm preaching, is to stand here and not tell you about my Jesus. Jesus is the example of what intentional living is. Jesus was intentional in prayer, relationships, in his deep sacrifice, deep sacrificial love. Jesus loved well. And I still feel so loved by him to this day. I'm going to read a poem by uh, C. Austin Miles. He puts into words to me a depiction of God's love. And it's called In the Garden. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet, the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I stay in the garden with him, though the night around me be falling. But he bid me go through the voice of woe. His voice to me is calling. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I don't claim to know much. I don't claim to have the answers to much. 
even to the simple question that my little cousin asked me just the other day, do animals go to heaven when they die? Um, I don't know. (laughs) But what I do know, that the love of God is real. And I call him my Jesus because he's personal to me. I know who I am without him. Do you know who you are without him? I'm going to pray. So I bow in prayer before the Father. Every family in heaven on earth gets its true name from him. I ask the Father with his great glory to give you the power to be strong in your spirits. He will give you that strength through his spirit. I pray that Christ will live in your hearts because of your faith. I pray that your life will be strong in love and built on love. And I pray that you and all God's holy people will have the power to understand the greatness of Christ's love. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep that love is. Christ's love is greater than anyone can ever know. But I pray that you will be able to know that love. Then you can be filled with everything God has for you. So with God's power working in us, he can do much, much more than anything we can ask or think. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all time, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.